It's good to be in uh, Southern California. My name is Kevin Kane. I'm the outreach director. And we've encouraged people over Thanksgiving to use this holiday time to invite neighbors or coworkers into your home and to just share the love of Christ, share some of the bounty that God has given us. And if you've done that, please let us know. If it went great, uh, let us know. If you struggled and things didn't go so well, uh, I've been there. It's okay. Share those stories. At the end of the service, I'll have my contact information up there. You can find me on the church's website as well. Uh, but Thanksgiving is just a time to uh, look at what we have and to look how can we share that with others and can we point them to the giver of all good things. We've been walking through a, ser- a series on work and Greg started off, uh, this is the fourth in a series, and started off saying that work isn't really a bad thing, that God was working before man was created, before there was sin in the world. But sin has complicated things and made it a little, little tougher. But we can participate with God in changing this world through our work and creating. And today I want to talk about work as an opportunity to open our eyes to those spiritual opportunities around us that we might miss by just going through the everyday, sometimes drudgery of work. And, you know, this doesn't just pertain to those who are in work. It pertains to those who are in school looking for what they might do in work. It goes for others who are retired, whatever. How can we use these opportunities that God gives us, not just at work, in our neighborhood, in our uh, schools, wherever, to uh, speak for him and to, to be his ambassador. And that takes me to our first point this morning. We talked last week a little bit about what it means to be in this priesthood of believers that uh, First Peter mentions. But today, that we go out into the world as ambassadors for Jesus Christ. Some of us don't like the sound of that. Some of us say, oh, I've looked at this before. Well, let's look at this verse. And we're not going to spend as much time on the verse and verses that we should, but there is beyond the message. That's electronically. You can follow up with things daily during this next week. So you can sign up online for that. But as we look at 2 Corinthians five seventeen through 20, that really tells us more about what we're talking about today. Phenomenal verses. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and now entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. Well, if you really grasp that verse, you would be completely overwhelmed. How can we, broken creatures still struggling, reflect and be his ambassador, his spokesperson to the world? Well, we're going to talk a little bit about that, but... Once we choose to follow Christ, we die to ourselves. 
We die to all those things that we want to do, and we choose to live for him and do everything for him. So this is just the deeper explanation of what it means to be a, a Christian, a Christ follower. Now, some people say, well, well, we have missionaries and preachers and ambassadors. Well, we're just all missionaries, right? Well, I, I like the biblical terminology, and I would say we're all ambassadors, Historically, we've used the term missionary for those who are going to an unreached group who maybe don't have the Bible in their language, who we need to cross cultural, geographic, and uh, linguistic barriers to go and take the gospel there. So those are what I would term missionaries. And you know what? In your handout today, there's a little slip because we're sending a team to South Africa. While they're getting supported from the church budget... They still need individuals supporting them. So if you've listened to a presentation, that little slip gives you an opportunity to participate with them financially. So they are going to a place where it's more expensive. And, you know, sending missionaries is higher risk. But that doesn't let us off the hook. We are, as Christ followers, ambassadors. So don't say the missionaries are really spiritual and there's the rest of us. No, there are certain giftings, some people to preach, some people to go overseas, and all of us to be Christ's ambassadors to the world. So today we're going to be talking about going into your work, going into your neighborhood, going wherever, and realizing your role as an ambassador for Christ. So there's different pieces to this, and I want to know, what is it that we really need to know? What does it mean to be an ambassador? What does it mean to be a Christ follower? And then also, what about our hearts? Is it all about knowledge? No, we should be weeping. Our hearts should break for the lost. And then also, I'm going to give us some ideas of how do we actually do this in our neighborhood at our work? How do we be ambassador? What are some tools? So we're going to walk through a head, heart, and hands, I call it, if you like that alliteration. Well, the first one is our theology. What is it that we really need to know? Well, the first one, that there's a Savior. You know, Jesus just wasn't this good moral teacher who came along, and just like the other ones, some people follow Buddha, some people follow Muhammad, I follow Jesus. Jesus doesn't allow that. Let's look at some of the statements he made, starting off with John 14, 6, where Jesus is talking about himself in this verse. And Jesus himself said, John 14, 6 said, on this next slide, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. While Jesus is opening up this to everyone to follow him, to be inclusive, his claims about the role he plays are very exclusive. He's saying, I am the only way. We're going to look at two more verses that also have these exclusive claims. The next one, Acts 4.12, where Peter is talking. And Peter says, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name among, under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And lastly, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, Paul is writing to Timothy, and he said, Timothy, get this. There is one God, and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all. 
which is the testimony given at the proper time. C.S. Lewis in his book, Mere Christianity, says, Jesus doesn't give us this soft, so kind of wishy-washy, well, I kind of like him. He gives us an all or nothing. Either, Either we think about Jesus as a liar who walked around calling himself God because he wanted the riches or fame or whatever. That is a possibility. Another possibility that Jesus was a lunatic and he thought he was God. So he walked around calling himself God because he was certifiably crazy. So he was a liar trying to deceive people, a lunatic, or he really was Lord. He really was the Son of God who came and lived a sinless life and died for our sins. There aren't really other good options. So if you're not a Christ follower, you really need to make that decision. This isn't just a church where you come in and feel good. Pursue that. Understand, what does history say about Jesus? What does Scripture say? That's part of our theology. What do we need to know? There's another aspect that we don't normally like to talk about. Not only is there a Savior, but there is judgment, A guy named Larry Dixon wrote a book called The Other Side of the Good News. And he said, we can't ignore this. We talk about you following Christ and the Holy Spirit indwells us. We need to be aware that there is judgment. Jesus talked more about hell than he did about heaven. And we're going to run through some verses fairly quickly here. The first one, Matthew 10, 28 where Jesus is talking about hell. And don't fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Talking about that there is judgment and an eternal finish to this evil. Mark chapter 9. It's not in your notes there, but talking about this eternal where the fire isn't quenched. This judgment again. And finally, last verse we're going to look at on hell is Revelation 20:15, where uh, previously he talks about where the lake of fire is this second death, not a physical death, but a spiritual death. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Now, we don't like talking about that. That's uncomfortable. There's some books written and saying, well, God is this love, nice, fluffy kind of Santa Claus God, and there really can't be a, such a harsh judgment. Um, He doesn't leave that option open. We need part of our theology. What do we need to know as ambassadors is he does talk about a judgment. Now, let's look at these uh, sayings, these quotes from Norm Geisler, who wrote a a cute little title to this article, Everything You Wanted to Know About Hell But Were Afraid to Ask. But he says some things. All of us want to see an end to evil. We appreciate judgment at some point. And he says, unless there is a hell, there really is no final victory over evil. And as I talked earlier about what we need to know and Jesus paying the sacrifice for us, why would he come to the earth and go through so much pain and humiliation and put up with the disciples? And Geisler answers here, why the cross? Why did Jesus do that unless there really is a hell? If there is no hell to shun, the cross is a sham. Christ's death is robbed of its eternal significance unless there is an eternal separation from God from which people need to be delivered. Again, it's not popular to talk about 
But this does provide some passion and urgency. The book I mentioned, The Other Side of the Good News, the guy was following this fuzzy Christ until he heard about hell. And he said, if Christ talked about hell, there's a reality. I need to do something about that. So he made a decision to follow Christ. So we have this, what is this knowledge we need to know? What about our hearts? How do we see not yet Christ followers? Well, sometimes we see them as getting in our way, or sometimes they stay out late at night on a Saturday night, and it keeps us awake, so we come to Sunday mornings kind of tired and groggy. But Jesus used a lot of physical stories to tell a spiritual meaning, and I actually experienced that on a short trip. I took a seminary class from the Philadelphia area over to Cambodia for a couple weeks just to see what does it mean not to just preach the gospel here, but to do that in another culture. But the seminary class said, Kevin, can we go see an orphanage? We want to spend a couple hours at an uh, orphanage. All of our hearts break for orphans, and it wasn't any different in Cambodia. Here is a country where the structures, the, the... Medical structures, the educational structures were broken by the the Pol Pot regime in the late 70s, and they're still building up. And then you have these young kids abandoned by their earthly parents here at an orphanage. And as we took this group of students there, we played with the kids, we read to them. And then as we were leaving, we talked to the missionary. And Marjorie said, we've been coming to this Uh, orphanage for about five years now, every week. She said, for the first couple years, I wept every time we left that orphanage. I thought of these kids without their parents. They'd been abandoned, very little hope, and just ached for each little child. But she said, after a while, she said, I don't don't think I got hardened, but I, I saw some of the good that was coming These kids were being raised hearing about Jesus Christ. They were raised by godly Christian leaders in this home. This missionary telling me the story, her husband was a medical doctor who would come in and provide medical care and do checkups on these kids. The kids were learning English and some a skill for the future. She said, these kids were doing a whole lot better than most kids in Cambodia. She said, I still ache for them not having their earthly parents here. But she said, if they are following Christ, they might be physical orphans, but they're not spiritual orphans. They know their heavenly father. And what could be better than that? So while our hearts break for physical orphans, she said, it's so much greater to know that they are spiritual heirs to the kingdom with God. She says, I don't cry when I leave the orphanage anymore. She said, now when I look down my street in Cambodia, I see people numbly walking off to work. I see people looking for work and begging. And she says, I weep for the spiritual orphans that don't know their heavenly father. She talks some more. She said, you know, they're created. Everybody created in the image of God and not to reflect that image like you should is a painful existence. So while spiritual orphans should make us aware and we should care for them, may our hearts break for spiritual orphans. 
You know, when you go to work, when you go in your neighborhood, the people around you who aren't Christ followers are spiritual orphans. They don't know their heavenly Father. May that stir up the passion in our hearts for them. Here at Olive Branch, we talk about changing everyday people into a community of passionate Christ followers for God's glory. May we play a role in changing other people as ambassadors for Christ. How do we move forward? Now, you see it on your notes. You see it up here, our excuses. I don't have anything in there in your notes because I don't know what your excuses are, but all of them have them. Some people say, well, I can't be an ambassador because I, I I just can't. It's just not my thing. Well, I shudder to think how Jesus Christ might answer that. Um, Once we die to ourselves, it's not about what we want. That's our role. We have the ministry of reconciliation to a lost and dying world. That excuse is not an option. Some people say, well, before I talk with people who aren't saved, I need to know more. Kevin, you talked about the knowledge. There's so much I don't know. Well, there will always be a lot you don't know. And here's a hint. I've discovered something recently. God created Google. And if you have a question about something, you could type it in and find the answer without going to the library. It's really a nice thing. As a matter of fact, this church offers courses. I'm finishing up a course teaching on Wednesday nights. I'm going to start teaching it in January on Sunday mornings about how to interact with lost people. And what about these questions they have? How can a loving God and a hell coexist? How do we engage people on that question? What's really behind their question? We talk about that. So if you want to learn more, take a course. There's online courses. Get in a small group and study some stuff and wrestle and know what it takes. But you're always going to come to the point where you're going to say, well, that's a good question. I don't know. There's a lot you don't know. Some people say, well, Kevin, my excuse, you don't really understand me. I'm inadequate. To which I say, absolutely, you are. You get it. Amen. I'm not really known for the gift of mercy. Amen, Kelsey. Um, But look at the task. We're to be ambassadors for Jesus Christ in these broken vessels and, and how we find it tough to keep God number one in our lives. You know what? We are inadequate. But earlier, did you hear Alyssa pray? If we're not sharing his name, if we're not seeing it out, the rocks and the trees will do that. It's not about the rocks and the trees. It's not about us and whether we're adequate or not. It's about an awesome God who deserves our praise, and he's given us this ministry to live and speak into a broken and dying world. And you know what? I say to people, yes, you are inadequate. You always will be. But I think we got the the view pointing at the wrong person. It's not about our adequacy. Christ died for us. He took the penalty for our sins. We are forgiven. We are lifted up. Ephesians 2 says we are blameless and have access to every spiritual blessing. How dare we say we're not adequate? How dare we say Jesus wasn't enough, the Holy Spirit wasn't enough? Yes, there's more we need to know. But in Christ, we are adequate to do the ministry that he's called us to do. Other people say, well, you know, Kevin, you don't really understand me. 
I'm a hypocrite. I, I say one thing and I, I do another. And uh, that is a lie from Satan for most of us. If you're a Christ follower, let me explain here. The word hypocrite comes from the Greek when they had the actors come and the actors put on these masks. And the masks were to hide their true identity, so they were pretending to be something else. Now, if you are here on a Sunday morning playing a game pretending to be a Christian and you haven't committed your life to Christ, you need to stop that and get right with Christ. But if you're like the rest of us that say, hey, I know I shouldn't lie, I know I shouldn't take things that aren't mine, and I do, one, we need to continue growing towards Christ so that becomes less. But we're just inconsistent. Jesus Christ was really tough against the Pharisees who he called hypocrites. Why? Because the Pharisees were pretending to be spiritual when they really weren't. What about the disciples who continued to fall down and abandon Jesus? Jesus loved them. He didn't call them hypocrites. They were just inconsistent. So I'm not giving us a pass in our inconsistency. I am saying, don't let Satan's lies creep into your mind and say, well, I really can't be his ambassador because I'm not perfect. No, keep growing towards Christ and know that you are inconsistent and Jesus still loves you and he wants to continue to draw you to himself. Now, again, I don't know your excuse, but other people say, well, if I'm to be his ambassador, then I need to live and, and speak and it can be awkward. It's just socially awkward sometimes to mention God or, or, or Jesus. Even during the holidays, I'm a little careful. I don't want to get in people's face. And I don't want to make a good friendship kind of uncomfortable. I'm not going to answer that one. I have a three-minute clip from an avowed atheist. Penn Gillette is a, a magician in Las Vegas, Penn and Teller. And he's going to talk about a man who approached him after he did a, uh, a magic act. And watch what he says to us Christians. As an atheist, you look past, you're kind of looking up his nose. It's a grainy video. He doesn't know if the, the, the New Testament has psalms in it. Look past that. What does he have to say to us? The clip that Kevin shows can be seen by searching YouTube.com for... Penn Gillette gets a Bible. Here's an atheist saying, if I saw a truck coming at you and you weren't getting out of the way, I would tackle you. It might be painful. It might be socially awkward. But he said, because I care about you, that's what I would do. What is our role as ambassadors for Christ? Is to be sharing what he's done for us. Because not only do we love God, we, we love those around us. Powerful stuff to hear an atheist encouraging us to say, if you really believe that, then share it. How much do you have to hate somebody if you're not sharing it? Finally, we're going to look at our, our plan. How do we live this out as ambassadors for Christ? Well, he used the term hate. I'm going to use the term love. What does the Bible talk about for the uh, oft-repeated commandment? The number one was, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So there it says, love God 
and love your neighbor, your coworker, whoever it is you are coming in contact with. What does it mean to love them? Is to be Christ's ambassador. That means to live and share verbally. Some people say, well, I just, uh, you know, I want to just be good enough so they'll see Christ in me. Well, Jesus was pretty good. He was like fairly sinless, you know, and that kind of thing. And he found it necessary to use words. So we as strugglers who aren't near as perfect as Christ probably will need to use some words as well. So love God, love our neighbor, and to share the love of Christ because we have that ministry of reconciliation, reconciling people who have rebelled against God back to their heavenly Father. So the first bullet under this, our plan, is be intentional. As we go into our neighborhood, as we go into work, be thinking about, wow, what an opportunity I have to connect with different people. Some of you work isolated by phone. Somebody here may work in a lighthouse in Maine where you don't see anybody for months. What does it mean to be intentional? Who do you come in contact with? I can't give you all those specifics. But who is it that we are thinking about and uh, ministering to? Several weeks ago, Greg said to write down two people that we're, be th- that we're thinking about and praying for that really need Christ. Think about that kind of thing as we head into work, neighborhood, wherever it is. But just being intentional and taking those opportunities that God puts before us. It's interesting, I talked earlier about sending people overseas to unreached people groups. A lot of the missionaries are getting jobs, just like a lot of us here have, because they said, man, that gives us an opportunity to see people every day, to interact with them. So missionaries are seeing the types of jobs you have as wonderful opportunities. May God give us those kind of eyes as we go out into the world. Next bullet is to be creative. There's a big space underneath there because I don't know what it means for you to be creative. I'm here to help with some of those ideas. Uh, One idea is simply ask people how they're doing. Ask people if they're struggling with anything. You know what? Ask people at your work, your neighborhood, say, hey, can I pray for you? really not that intensive a question. You'll find out people might ask you or at least tell you what you could pray for. Another one, as we talked earlier about Thanksgiving, Christmas is coming up. People are much more apt to come into your home. And I know your home isn't perfect and there might be some dust somewhere and there might be something out of place, but it's not about your adequacy or your home's adequacy. It's about what does it take to connect with people and to play your role as ambassador for Jesus Christ. Another thing you can do is simply invite people to your small group or to come to a church service on Sunday. Fascinating study just finished. A guy named Randy Newman uh, just finished his doctorate. Not the guy who wrote Short People and I Love ILA and all the Toy Story songs, but another Randy Newman. He did some research on... The largest group of people that get saved because of a specific reason, it was people who were simply invited by a neighbor or a coworker to go to a small group or a church service. That was it. 
Not guys with their PhDs in theology that have all the statistics and not great debaters about how Christianity is better, all the worldviews, but just people who invited them to a church service or a small group. And startling to statistic, the people who invited those unsaved who then later got saved, they weren't necessarily good friends. They were casual acquaintance at work or casual neighbors who might see him say hi, knew very little about him, but some neighbor just at one time, maybe around Thanksgiving or Christmas, said, hey, would you like to go to church with us? Huge impact, something we can do. Some other ideas, creative ideas. I, I mentioned my mom was here, so I have to say some nice things about my brother, which I normally find tough to do. But he has one of those intense kind of jobs where he works for a company four or five years, and then he, he goes on to another company. Don't worry, he's doing just fine. But when he goes to a new company, he talks to the head of the office, and he says, do you mind if I have a Bible study in here on Friday mornings? He finds a lot of business travelers do it Monday through Thursday, Friday morning before work starts. He says, I won't post any posters. I won't send work emails. I won't do anything during work time. Just you mind if I have a Bible study. And I, almost every time or 100% of the time, he eventually gets a yes. So he starts having a Bible study. But then he says, uh-oh, what do I do? He talks around the office and finds out, gets to know two or three other believers. And he says, will you join me at this Bible study on Friday morning? And can you find somebody else in the office to come with you? Pretty simple. They come. Get some other believers to join you in case he's traveling. Somebody else can teach. If you each bring somebody who doesn't know the Lord, get them studying the book of John. Get them studying God's word. He's seen Jews, Muslims, uh, people who used to go to church when they're growing up and others come to know Jesus Christ just by having a simple Bible study. I would love to have a group here that gathers every couple weeks or once a month of people who are doing a Bible study at work, and we could learn from each other what's going well, what isn't going well. But let's be ambassadors to the people around us. Let's be ambassadors to our neighbors and our coworkers. Now, what I'm not saying is to be obnoxious at work. What I'm not saying, don't take time away from what you're supposed to be doing. I'm not saying every conversation you ever have has to be spiritual. And I'm certainly not saying that when somebody looks at you and says, happy holidays, that you mow them down with your Christian machine gun and say, it's Merry Christmas. Um, Yes, I believe it's Christmas, but... Let's develop friendships and relationships. And if they want to say happy holidays or happy Hanukkah or whatever, that's okay. You know what? Jesus doesn't need us to defend him. He's doing all right. Uh, But, you know, the question is how do we love? How do we connect with others? What do we do now? Well, I think being creative is a big part. And, you know, use me. Toss some ideas my way. My contact information will be there at the end. But pray. Pray and seek the lost. The harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few. Why did Christ say that? Well, I think there's things we need to know. I think the biggest thing is our hearts. Do we really see people as orphans? I think every one of you would bend over backwards for a physical orphan. Let's have Christ's heart for the lost, for those who are spiritual orphans around us. You know, we are, we are Christ followers. That's, that's our, our jersey. We have our name on the back, but who we are are ambassadors for Jesus Christ. 
And it really hit home. I was watching the movie Miracle about the 1980 U.S. hockey team who went to, uh, in the Olympics. And the coach was trying to get them to play together. You had guys from different colleges and different schools. And the, the coach said something really powerful. He said, you're all happy to have your name on the back of the jersey. He said, the name on the front of the jersey is far more important than the name on the back of your jersey. I think that's true for us as Christ followers. We're still who we are. We still have gifts. We still have problems. But we're ambassadors for Christ. Let's seek to be the best ambassadors we can because he's given us this ministry of reconciliation to a lost and dying world. Let's pray. As our heads are bowed, there's likely people in here who have just come because a friend invited them, or we've been coming because, you know, Christ is kind of a good guy and the church has good morals. And this morning we hear of this judgment. If we haven't made Christ Lord of our lives, we realize that Christ's um, uh, statements were quite exclusive. And so we need, some of us need to make a decision to follow Christ. If you are ready to do that, I'd love for you to just follow me in this prayer. You can pray it quietly to yourself. But just, uh, yeah, inside, just say, Father, I have uh, been rebelling against you. I've been looking at other ways to uh, be good or earn my way to heaven. Uh, God, I can't do it. I need your son to forgive me. And Father, please wipe my sins away and help me to live for you now as an ambassador for you. God, forgive me and help me to keep my focus on you from now on. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you did pray that prayer, I'd like you right in front of you. There's a little blue slip. I'd like you to fill that out and you could hand it to somebody in the back at one of the tables. You know, following Christ is a big deal. We'd love to help you. We are this community of passionate Christ followers, and we'd love for you to be part of that community. For those of us who have followed Christ, there are steps towards baptism on December 21st that Angela will share in a little bit. Finally, what about those of us who are Christ followers? Some of you are doing a great job in your neighborhood and in your work. Others of us have been using some of these excuses Or we need to be thinking creatively. Jot down a few things. Tell your spouse. Tell your small group. Tell those around you. Pray for me. I want to be a better ambassador. You know, Christ died for us so that we can be saved to this community. So that from this community of passionate Christ followers, we can go out and play a role in changing everyday people into a community of passionate Christ followers for his glory. Let me pray for you. Father, as many of us here have given our lives to you, God, we stumble as followers and as ambassadors for you. God, give us that creativity and that intentionality we need. And Lord, we sing lots of songs to you, words that come from our lips At the end of the service, as we sing, may we be aware of that you are the God of this city and this land, and that there is so much more you desire to do in 
in Corona, in the Temesco Valley, and in this world. And that you, your plan is to use us. God, may we sing and live passionately for you, and may you continue to guide us along this path as ambassadors for you. In Jesus' precious name, amen.